And so I want to talk about, because this is a complicated world that we live in today. It's a chaotic world, right? It's a chaotic world. It's complicated. It's getting more complicated, more things. And it, and, and it looks like there's just so, you know, so much unrest, no peace in the world, right? It just seems like it's just everywhere you look, there's no peace. I had a uh, tidbit, uh, I call them a tidbit, it's probably the, I'll probably do more preaching and teaching on Tuesdays than anything because I get excited and, 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 and I do a thing on Tuesday and I share it and, and send it out and, 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 and Lord always amazes me, I had a guy that found me after that uh, this week and he, he texted me and he said, it's a long time since I've heard a sermon and I just want to thank you for sharing and I could tell just in, 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 the, in the text, I could tell that this was someone struggling with peace. We've been doing a series, and I'm breaking away from that series today because the pastor didn't tell me I had to do the series, which he never tells me what I have to do, but I follow along. And I want to talk about finding p- peace in a complicated and a chaotic world. It's hard, right? It's hard. You know what I'm talking about. You work your tail off. You don't got enough money to, to pay your bills. And then it's, 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 it's like a struggle and it, and it can rob your peace. You're working in your relationship, at, at, you know, your marriage, and it seems like it's struggling. It seems like it's at war, right? You're trying to raise your kids and your teenagers, and they're giving you a little heartache, you think. And, 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 and you know, it's a war. It's a war at work. It seems like it's a war everywhere we look. And, and, and it's true. You know what I'm talking about. Every one of us sees our peace being challenged. Well, we're going to look at it this morning. Let's see if I can get this thing to work right. I believe I can. Peace is, uh, peace is mentioned over 350 times in the Bible. That makes it a pretty big deal. 350 times. I marvel at some of the things that we, we, we squabble over about uh, one verse of Scripture and so I kind of look at Scripture this way. If there's only one verse or two that says something, I think it's important because I believe all of God's Word is important. But it's not enough for me, especially if it's a passage of Scripture that causes much debate and we can't understand it to begin with. We scrape the surface. But when, man, when God says something over 350 times, I think it's a pretty big deal, don't you? And so that's peace. And it's mentioned over 350 times. The definition of peace would be freedom from silver disturbance. Freedom from disquieting or oppressive thoughts or emotions. A state of tranquility, a quiet such as harmony and personal relations. A state, a period of mutual concord between governments. Now listen, if there's ever a time in our world that we're at the brink of war, war it's right now. And it's just there. And it's probably not going to get any better. This could be the signaling of the end times, uh, the end times of the end times. I don't know. I'm not going to tell you when because no man knows the hour. But I can tell you there's unrest. There's no peace. And that's the world that we look at. But inside of our lives, here in this sanctuary, how many are born again believers? How many believe Christ? Look at the hands. Look at the hands. So with that, how come we struggle with peace? How come we don't have peace? If we're born again, how come we don't have peace? It's, it's tough, right? Listen, I have news for you. Just because you're a Christian, you're not exempt 
from troubles and heartaches. You're not exempt from what the devil's going to flow, uh, throw at you. I mean, there's, we just live in a rough world. If, if, if I, I was sharing this morning in Sunday school briefly, I just fallen on the coattails of Becky. And I was sharing this morning that I wish our adults could sit just for 30 minutes like in a, in a place where our youth couldn't see them and hear what we hear. I think everyone in here would duck their heads and cry. Because if I begin to share all the stories that I've heard, you all would be running to the altars. Most of those stories that I hear are family-related. It robs us. You see mom and dad, grandpa and grandma, if you don't have peace this morning in your life, and if, you don't, if you're not working that set towards that salvation, working it out with fear and trembling... And if you've allowed the enemy to rob you of your peace, do you really think your children can live in peace? Do you really think when all hells broke loose at home, do you think your children don't sense that? Do you think they don't catch that vibe? And do you don't think that you're not teaching them something? You're educating them somehow, some way. Either you're educating them about God or you're educating them about the world. That's tough, right? Peace. Here in the Greek, we see the verb "aro" to join, to bind together that which has been separated. So when we don't have peace, we've been separated. Literally pictures the binding or joining together again of what which, of which had been separated or divided and just setting at one again. A meaning conveyed by the common expression of one. Having it all together. It follows that peace is the opposite of division and dissension. How many has division in your home right now? How many has division at work right now? That's the opposite of peace. Peace is a state of concord and harmony is the opposite of war. Peace was used as a greeting or farewell corresponding to Hebrew words, shalom, peace to you. It can convey the sense of inner rest, well-being, and harmony. The ultimate peace is a state of reconciliation with God, effected by placing one's faith in the gospel. In eschatology, peace is prophesied to be an essential characteristic of the Messianic kingdom. So what he's saying there is we should have peace, right? We should have peace. So I want to break it down into three points this morning. First, peace between God and man. Second, psychological peace, peace within, peace within. Third, there is a relational peace among mankind. That's us. That's us. So here we go. On your mark, get set, go. Yeah, peace between God and man. So 1 Timothy 2 and 5 states this. For there is one God, one mediator between God and mankind, the man, Christ Jesus. Now, first of all, I want to tell you and inform you that we have a mediator. And a mediator is someone that stands between us and a holy, holy, holy God, right? A God that has to, has, we have to have that mediator. And that na- his name is Jesus. And he's, 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 he's for you. He's mediating for you. Now, he's for you in the sense that he wants you to make heaven your home. He wants you to have a relationship with God. He wants you to have peace. Now, nowhere in Scripture does the Bible say that God's for us when we are erring, when we are doing wrong. A lot of people take Scriptures, and, and, and they, they, they brought a lot of trouble in their life, and, and they say, well, man, you know, God's for me. He's not against me. Well, God's for you to make heaven your home. God's for you to have a relationship with Him. So we have a mediator today. 
I'm telling you, I'm thankful. Can you imagine that? Put that in your minds and hearts, that we have a mediator, a mediator between us and God. In other words, we don't, we don't experience the full wrath of God. We have someone on our behalf saying, man, I'm, 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 I'm praying for you. I'm, 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 I'm making intercession for you. I'm, I'm mediating on your half, Brother Zach. I mean, think about it, Brother Mike. I'm mediating on your behalf, on your behalf. I mean, I'm speaking on your behalf, Shia. That's what Christ is doing. And so for us to have a peace, we have to start with salvation. And I want to get this in this morning before we get too, uh, too far along in the sermon. Now, let me go back here. Boy, that thing is tricky. So Genesis 1 and 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, now, follow me here. Now, the earth was formless and empty. So it was formless. It was empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Man, I want to tell you, you talk about, you know, how long has the Holy Spirit been around? The Holy Spirit's been around since the beginning because it is God. Now, you think about this. When I look at this passage of Scripture, it jumped out at me because when you don't have no form, when you see the word darkness, oh, it's, you, there's just nothing peaceful about that, Right? So I would submit to you this morning that God is the creator of peace. Can you say the amen with me? That God is the creator of peace. And so if I'm going to get peace in my life, I'm going to have to have a relationship with God. I'm going to have to be in right standing with God. That's why I need a mediator. Hebrews, 11, uh, Hebrews 13, 20 states, Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. May he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom glory Glory forever and ever. Amen. So we know we had to have a sacrifice, and that was Jesus. There had to be a blood sacrifice. There had to be something that did Jesus, that, 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 that satisfied, since the beginning of time, the sin that kept us from entering in. Now, I just said, I just asked earlier in the sermon, how many has just been born again? How many has accepted Jesus? And a lot of hands shot up. Not every hand, but a lot of hands shot up. A lot of hands shot up. That's because of what Jesus done on the cross. Now, as we continue to go on, Romans 10, 9. Because this is where you got to start. If we want peace today, if all of us want peace, we have to realize that he's our Savior. We have to realize. We have to call upon him. We have to be, if you will, transformed. We have to be born again. And so in order to have peace, we got to be born again, and we have to be transformed. We have to have a new heart, a new mind that's no longer governed by the world, but that's governed by Christ. Now, there's, the, there's right there is the crux right there. There is the problem right there. So many many people today are being governed by the world instead of being governed by Christ. So many Christians today are being governed by the world instead of governed like Christ. You know what? When we begin to think like the world and we don't think like Christ, we're going to soon lose our peace, right? He's totally different than we are. He looks at things totally different than we do. For instance, you know, if I went down here and I just got down here with my brother and I just slapped him on the face... I mean, just his heart, right here in front of his wife. Woo, that you talk about really hurting somebody. And if we was in private and I slapped him on the face, hey, he may not do anything. But if I slapped him in front of his wife, he may punch me. That's what the world says to do. Jesus says, turn the other cheek. Are you thinking like the world today? 
In everything you do, do you think like the world? I had a situation, and I'm still battling with it, that came across to me two weeks ago. And I was doing just fine. Have you ever had one of those moments where you're just ticking along in life and you're doing fine? And then something happens, so somebody calls you, and, 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 and it gets started. And I want to tell you, trying to find a peace in this situation is tough for me. Didn't ask for it. Didn't see it coming. It came. Then you got to make decisions. And when you make decisions, how many struggles are making decisions? I mean, a decision, if, if you don't get the mind of God, I mean, tell me the truth. Can a decision rob you of your peace? I mean, because what happens? You begin to think about that decision. You begin to think about it and think about it and think about it and think about it. And if you don't ask God into that decision, you are responding towards that decision as the world responds. Now, you have a decision this morning for those that didn't raise your hand. And here it is because this is where it's starting. You cannot have no peace unless you realize this. Romans 10, 9, and, and all the way through verse 13. Now, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus... So you've got to confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Can somebody shout? Can somebody say amen? amen. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, everybody say Whoever. Say it louder. Whoever, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew or Greek. For the same word over all of us is rich to all who call upon him. For whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Can you give the Lord a hand of praise? That's a very big thing in Scripture. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that whomsoever believes. It's a big thing in Scripture. This is the starting point to having peace. Not as the world gives, but as God gives. This is the starting point salvation is. Now, I want to tell you something. You know, if you're here this morning and you're one of those people that are strong-willed, do we have any strong-willed people in here? I'm raising both of my hands. Where's my wife at? I don't see her. I don't have my glasses on. She needs to raise her feet and her, and her, and her hands. Yeah, she's very strong-willed. And then when you have two strong-willed people like us, I, 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 you know, I'll tell them one time, I can't ride. I can't do a zero turn. I don't know why. I've seen all kinds of people on them. My mind don't operate that way. Don't, I cannot tell you about one. I mean, I can do a lot of things. I mean, I, I can, but I cannot do that thing. And, and so one time I was, when we first got married, you know, uh, you know, my daughters were over there. She had a friend over there. So here we have a couple of teenagers, right? And they're over there. And uh, I jump on this, uh, her zero motor. And I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to master this thing. I'm going to do this thing. Well, she has one that's like, you know, Mario Andretti would drive. It's, you barely push it and it just takes off, right? And, and so it took off, and I got scared, and I just jumped off. <laughs> My wife's seen that. 
She came out, and that was her, that's her pride and joy, man. I mean, she loves this zero turn. I have no clue why. I, I've never tried to get on it again. I don't like it. I'm not going to do it. I've just come to the fact that I'm not qualified to do a zero turn motor. Laugh at me if you will. She broke her leg, and when she broke her leg, I had to mow the grass, and what I did is I went and bought me a zero turn mower, but it had a steering wheel, so I could do it. And I had to buy it because I couldn't mow the grass because I couldn't use hers. But when I jumped off that thing, you talk about all peace being lost. She came outside there, and when she, and I was scared, right? I jumped off. I'm going to die. This thing's going to kill me, right? She comes out at me, and she wells up, and I took the bait. How many's ever taken the bait? I took the bait. She got up in front of me, and here's two teenagers over here. So she stuck her chest out, and she started pointing. So what did I do? I stuck my chest out, and I started pointing, and it looked like two bulls just boom, boom. Peace. Gone just like that. Teaching our kids, right? Just like that. Now that's humorous, but that the way, that's the way it is. And what I'm talking about this morning, if you're not saved, if you don't get a different perspective on life, you're going to be challenged with being peaceful. How many decisions have you made in your life, even as a Christian, that caused you to lose your peace. How many decisions have we made not being a Christian that caused us to lose our peace? So we have to realize that peace comes from Christ. I mean, after all, when I think about God, He created peace. When I think about God, when I get into the mountains, Brother Sev, I don't know where yet, somewhere over there probably, uh, you're just a blur. But when I get in the mountains of Colorado, it's majestic. It's majestic when you go and you climb up the mountain and you think you're at the top and you're not even a third of the way up. And you see a pond, a beautiful pond right there because there's little flats on the mountains. I don't know if you know this, but in Colorado, there's what, when you see those mountains, there's ponds, there's little lakes, if you will. I don't know what you call them, but they're there. And it's so peaceful. It's so peaceful when you do that. When you go to the Smoky Mountains and you look at the Smoky Mountains and the smoke, just, it seems like it just, just covers at the tops of them. Something about the rivers that are running through. It's peace. You know who created those things? God did. You know who created that peace? God did. And so, so if you want that peace this morning, if you didn't raise your hand, I'm going to challenge you at the end of this message, which ain't going to be much longer, only about 35, 40, 50 minutes. No, it won't. Uh, I promise you it won't. I'm going to challenge you to come forward, to come forward. Now, second, when you get right with God, when you ask Christ to come in your heart, what happens is we begin to work on the inner man. Now, I want to tell you something. You are a brand new creation when you, are at, when you ask Christ into your life. I mean, old things are gone. Behold, all things become new. What does that mean? Because when I got saved, I still had the same bills. When I got saved, I still had a problem with my wife, or my wife had a problem with the husband, or whatever. I still had problems with kids. I still have problems in this world. Look at this world. It's going to hell in a handbasket. What do you mean when you get saved, all things become new? Because you have to adapt to a new way of living. Why do you think Paul said in Romans 12 that do not conform to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind? You have to start putting in God's view, 
not the world's view. And so many times we look at the world's view. When are you looking at the world's view? I'll tell you exactly when you're looking at the world's view. When you're standing for somebody in this world that probably is not, that they, they, they say they're not saved, and they're very vulgar, they're very this way, but you think they've been mistreated, and you're standing for them when they shouldn't be stood for because you're going along with the world. You're going along with the world. Just because you've been successful in this world, just because you look at life right now and you may say all is okay, is it? Do you have that peace, that inward peace of God? I mean, when you stand in before the presence of God, how many stood before the presence of God? You do it all the time, God's people. You do it all the time. When you open His Word, you're standing in His presence. When you come and you worship, you're standing in His presence. How many feels complete peace? Or have we allowed the world to rob us of that peace? Because I'm convinced if the devil could rob us of that peace, that we cannot live victoriously at all. We try, we strive. When I look at this world and every time I see a famous person, whether they be a Hollywood actor, whether they be a, sing, a musician, uh, whoever it is, and I see that they have everything in the world and they die of a drug overdose or they commit suicide, which has been over the hundreds in the last hundred years, you've got to ask yourself, why? Why? There's not an inward peace. You have to have an inward peace. And I'm going somewhere with this, so listen, John 14, 27. Peace I leave, I leave with you. My peace I give you. Whose peace is it? God's peace. Say it one more time. Whose peace is it? It's God's peace. I do not give to you as the world gives you. See, the world can't give you peace. The world and everything that it offers can't give you peace. It just cannot. There's something about an inward peace that can only come from God. And he says the world can't give it to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Now, I remind you that this is John, and this is right before he's going to Jesus is going to the cross. And I remind you that he is really planting something in, his, in the disciples' hearts. Because all hell is going to be launched against the disciples after Jesus is resurrected. If you know anything about church history, persecution was rampant. I mean, if you said you loved Jesus during that time, I'm here to tell you that was saying a whole lot. You could be like an X put on your forehead and you could be killed. That was, that was then. Could it ever get that way again? I don't know. Could? I don't know. But I know one thing. He's, he's, he's offering them something because he sees, he has his foreknowledge and he sees ahead of time what they're going to go through. And he says, I'm going to, I give you peace, not as the world gives you. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Do you ever find yourself being afraid? Do you ever find your heart being troubled? We all do if we're honest. We struggle with things and, and what we do is we begin to think and think and think and think. And we don't go to God's word and say, and look what God's word states that we should think. And therefore, our peace gets robbed. He says, you heard me saying, I'm going away. Here it comes. I'm going away, and I'm coming back to you. Now, I want to tell you something. Man, I'm, I, when I read the disciples, when I read the New Testament, when I read the Gospels, and I read all that Jesus done, could you imagine being side by side with Jesus during his three-year ministry? Man, think about it. Think about the ride you would be on. Think about all that you would see. 
And for him to leave, it was heartbreaking. You, you know, you, you, you think this morning if you would lose a spouse, that's heartbreaking, right? I would even compare it to go this far. And I hope this never happens to anybody, but I know it's happened to some. I mean, it's not right. I mean, the worst thing that could happen to me, it would seem to me, if one of my children died before I did. Right? It's just not natural. It happens, right? We know it. That's how much Jesus meant to the disciples. They walked with him. They sat around in fire. Everything's not recorded, and Jesus talks to them one-on-one. Jesus laughs with them. They probably have jokes. They made Jesus, made, made a, you know, made a joke like, hey, Peter, you, you know, he, he, remember how you just spoke up? I'll never leave you or forsake you. I mean, I, I don't know. When he came back, I don't know if that was some of the conversation because we don't get all the conversation. But what I am telling you is this peace can only come from God. Now, he says, you heard me saying I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. Now, I don't know about you, but I find comfort this morning that Christ is coming back for us. Listen, God's people, if this is it, if you believe this is it, you make the best mark in life right here in this world. You live the world as you want. You make the money you want to make. You do everything, and then you die, and that's just it. What a sad ending to a story. I want to tell you something. I believe the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, is coming back for his children. I believe that we live forever and ever and ever. Can you say amen? I believe if you lost someone, you're going to see them again something about that that gives me peace you would be glad that I'm going to the father for the father is greater than I mm. I've told you now before it happens so that when it does happen you will believe so, so he's setting them up for his, his death I will not say much more to you for the prince of this world is coming Oh, look at this. I underline this. He has no hold over me. How many realize your mediator that I talked about in the first part of this sermon, the mediator, how many knows without a doubt that Satan has no power over Jesus when he said it was done, when he was defeated on Calvary? How many believes that Jesus won the battle? If Jesus won the battle, he's your mediator. If Jesus won the battle, he wants to give you peace. In your heart today, and he's offering you that peace. He's not, listen, this morning, I'm going to tell you right now, he's not trying to, to, to offer this peace. You read his word, and his word tells you he's offering the peace. And see, we have, a, we, we, have a, we have a habit of saying God's trying to get my attention. I want to tell you something. God has never tried one time to get anybody's attention. God moves, and when God moves, you either obey or you disobey. And that's it. Don't, I don't serve a God who tries. I don't serve a God who's, who, who tries to get the word across. The word of God comes across very clear. It's just we choose to use the word I try. And you don't think that's a big deal. I think it is. I think we put God in light of what we think about God. God, you're tr- trying to get my attention. Do you really believe you serve a God who's trying to get your attention? Do you really buy that? The one who spoke everything into existence? One who created everybody in here? Do you really think he tries? Mm -mm. He speaks. We either listen or we don't. And when we don't, 
It robs us of our peace. Why do you think Peter could be through in jail and Peter and him could begin to sing? Why do you think Paul done the things he done? Why do you think he went on a ship? Why do you think he went from place to place to minister the gospel? Why do you think? Because he knew. He knew the God of peace. And I know that Paul knew the God of peace because he starts most of his writings out. May the God of peace be with you. He didn't think Jesus was trying on his behalf. He didn't think that the Holy Spirit was trying on his behalf. He knew. That's why maybe Peter is this put, uh, placed in the book of martyrs. Maybe that's why Peter said, don't hang me when he was martyred for Christ. Don't hang me, but hang me upside down because I'm not worthy to be hung like my Savior. Why do you think Paul was able to be beheaded? Why do you think when Paul was in prison and he was sitting there, there's something about Paul, he's sitting in prison and I can just see him where most of us would bellyache, most of us would whine. We get into our little prisons of this world and it robs our peace. And what do we do? We begin to bellyache we begin to whine. We begin to look at the situation. It robs us of our peace. But it didn't rob the Apostle Paul of his peace. In prison, what did he do? We, we had the prison epistles that he began to write. Mm. See, we, don't, we cannot think like the world if we won't enter peace. You've got to let everything in Scripture, you, 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 you've got to look at that Scripture, and you've got to say, hey, that Scripture's true, that, that Scripture's real, and I want to apply that. I don't want to be conformed to this world, but I really want to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. That's an inner peace. And now, a peace within. Now, I'm going to read three different versions because I think they all bring it out. So listen to this. Peace comes from a gift from Christ. He says, my peace I give you. Who gives us peace? God gives us peace. The world don't offer us peace. The world's not ever going to give you peace. I have gathered news for you. Your children can't give you peace. Your wife can't give you peace. Your job can't give you peace. There is no peace outside of Jesus Christ. He gives you peace. And you know that to be true. You know it. Don't sit over there and just wiggle down in the chair, gentlemen, and say, oh, my wife gives me peace. I want to tell you something. I'm married to a beautiful lady, and she don't give me peace. <laughs> and I want to tell you what. She would say, she'd say, I'm married to a short guy. <laughs> Did, can you believe somebody gave me this, and they, had, they said they had it. What did they have? They said, we got the short mic today. <laughs> I ain't going to tell you who said that. Uh, she tell you I don't bring her peace. How many is in here that's married and never fought with your spouse? Mm-hmm. How many parents are in here you never fought with your children? Yeah, see what I'm saying? How many children in here say you've never fought teens? How many would you all would say you never fought with your parents? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Peace within. Peace comes as a gift from Christ, my peace I give you. His peace is different than the world's peace. Don't be afraid to trust in the inward peace of Christ. Now watch this. We're going to read three different little sections here. This is from the message. I'm telling you these things while I'm still living with you. The friend, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send at my request, will make everything plain to you. <laughs> Man, how do you make things plain in a complicated world? Whew. He will remind you of all things I have told you. I'm leaving you well and whole. That's my parting gift to you. 
Hmm. Peace. I don't leave you the way you're used to. You're used to being left. Feeling abandoned, rift. So don't be upset. Don't be distraught. This is from the NLT. I'm leaving you with a gift, a peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you is a gift the world cannot give. Everybody shout out on three that the world can't give me peace. One, two, three. The world can't give me peace. And it's so true. So true. Stop looking. Stop looking at the world to give you peace. Stop looking at your spouse to give you peace. Stop looking at your children to give you peace. Stop looking at your career to give you peace. The only peace that you can get is what God gives. It's, an, it, it's, 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 it's a peace that's so powerful. It's an inward peace. But I will come back to you again. If you really love me, you would be happy that I'm going to the Father who is greater than I am. I have told you these things before they happen, so when they do happen, you will believe. I don't have much more time to talk to you. Because the ruler of this world approaches. He has no power over me, but I will do what the Father requires of me so the world will know that I love the Father. Come, let's be going. One more. Well, I think that was it. I'll, I'll give it to that. Maybe it was just two. So, that inward peace. We need it. I need it. I can lose it like that. I can lose it like that. I mean, I really can. I can lose it like that. I mean, I, I was with the pastor this week, and I'm ashamed to say this. It was the pastor, and I think Taylor and Freddie was there. And he said something that just rubbed me wrong. Can y'all believe the pastor would ever say something that would rub you wrong? <laughs> Hang around him. He will. I'm sure I've said many things that rubbed him wrong, trust me. <laughs> Matter of fact, I don't think I know. And it's like he said something, and then like I said something. And it's one of those things you can't take it back, right? It's like I stuck my chest out. I wanted my point across. And I found myself walking away, turning around, just walking off. And I, was, I said, I'm going over to look at what the tabernacle looks like, to where we're going to have the youth camp at. And Taylor says, are you going to pray? Do you know that day and all that night I lost my peace? I was just uncomfortable the way it went. I was uncomfortable what I said. And I thought about it over and over and over and over. I took the bait. And I knew that if I didn't deal with that thing, that, I, that it would get me. The next morning I called him. And, uh, or he called me, one of the two, I don't know which it was. And I said, man, I apologize for yesterday. I said, I should have just walked off, shouldn't have said anything, especially it wasn't the place. And he said, yeah, it probably wasn't the place. But he said, I'll tell you what, out of this, this is what I know. So gracious. You can lose it fast. Relational peace. I value the relationship that I have. Now, here's where we need to just give me three minutes. I, I don't like keeping people too long. But relational peace, this is the hard one. Because we see each other. We talk to each other. We see each other at church. We see our husband. You wake up to him every day. The one that could slap me upside my head. That could hurt me. My only chance would be I could outrun him maybe. And I don't even know if I could do that. Yeah. So 
but, 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 but relations. How many of us here are challenged in relations? You're challenged because why? It's right there in front of you. People's there. And the devil would like nothing more than us to get into fights and to have disagreements and to tear us apart. Because if that relational piece is not there, I mean, and first of all, it starts with what? God, I got to have, I got to be right with God. And then I got to have that inward peace for God. If I get those two lined up right, the relation will come along. But if I don't have those two and I'm trying to live in relation with people, with mankind, it's not going to work. It's going, to, it's going to be cattywampus. So concerning the way in which two or more people or things are connected, relational Christianity is biblical Christianity where we follow the great commands to love God, to love each other. We establish that if we want peace, we have to start with God. Next peace comes from the relationship of God. Relational peace can only come when we get through the first two steps. Hebrews 12, 14. Working, and listen to what he says, finding peace with mankind. Now I want you to pay close attention to this. Work at living peace with everyone. Work at living holy life. Who are not holy will not see the Lord. What words do you see there? That is, uh, two words that are very strong. They're all strong, but two words. Work. Work. Relationships are work. You got to work at them. It's something you got to put effort to. If you don't put work in your relationship, it's never going to grow. It's never going to sprout. It's never going to be healthy. Having relationships with people is work. I tell everybody, if you get involved in ministry, you better have thick skin because I'll tell you why. You're going to get hurt. And I honestly believe people don't mean to hurt you. People say things, we take it wrong, i.e. But work Having relationship, relational peace, having peace with mankind is work. Work at living at peace. Work at living a holy life. You have to work with people. We have to be bigger. I mean, everybody's so thin-skinned nowadays, right? You make me mad. I'm just going to leave the church. I know some of you right now are saying, man, I hope the next time if I find out that Pastor Paul's speaking, I'm not going to be there. Danny's a whole lot better than that. I'm not, I'm not. Work! It's a lost art. We want to give up. We want to nitpick. What does it do? We don't have peace and our relations are not peaceful. It's called work. Then he uses another word. Look after each other. Hmm. Am I my brother's keeper? Remember that? Am, yes, you are. Yes, you are. We are to build one another up in the holy faith. He says, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you corrupting many. How many has been corrupted by bitterness? I got both hands up. See, the word of God is sharp. It's powerful. It tells us exactly where we're at. I must move on. Philippians 4, 7 says, always being full of the joy in the Lord, I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Jesus Christ. Isn't that beautiful? I'll leave it at that. The Word of God's powerful. 
Every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe you're here this morning. And maybe you're, you're just, you're struggling. You've struggled in relationships. You've struggled with God. You've struggled with peace in all them areas. You're not peaceful in, in that you're not right with God. You just, you never asked him into your life and you're just struggling. You have no peace. Maybe you're saved and you don't have no peace. And I challenge you, are you, are you being conformed to this world or are you being transformed by the word? The word dictates everything. And relationship. If you can get the first part down, the other two will come into play. I'm tired. I'm wore out. I'm tired of hearing the stories I hear in our youth group. It breaks my heart, and I know they're sincere, and I know they're telling the truth. The people that are coming, the teens that are struggling with broken homes, teens that are struggling with parents being in jail, living with their grandparents or living with someone else. And I'm not talking one, two, three, four. I'm talking many of them. I'm tired of hearing pray for my mom and dad. I'm watching their marriage fall apart. I'm tired. Are you tired? Are you tired of trying to fight the battle for yourself? Are you tired of not having any peace? I urge you this morning, as I learned it, I read it in NLT, but the peace of God that passeth all understanding, it will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Are we willing to work this morning as believers in our relations? My first plea this morning as the prayer warriors come up, the prayer team, that if you don't know Christ, I'm going to be over here in the corner. You surely can talk to me. You don't have to talk to me. You can, and I'll pray for you. The second is maybe you just don't have peace, and you're admitting it. I don't have peace. The Bible says, knock, and it shall be open, right? Ask, and it shall be given, right? Seek and you shall find. And for all those who are struggling and not, not living in peace, won't you find an altar of prayer? Won't you come?